0: Carlsbad, People, Purpose, and Impact, an essential podcast for those who live, work, visit, and play in Carlsbad.
1: Good morning and welcome everyone. My name is Brett Schonsenbach. I'm the president and CEO of the Carlsbad Chamber of Commerce. I am your host today and I'm pleased to have with me Layla Panagitis, she is the president of the board for the Rapid Response Housing Solutions. Good morning, Layla.
0: Good morning. It's wonderful to be here.
1: Great to have you. Thanks for taking the time. So um, Rapid Response Housing Solutions, now you you made a point before we started, we wanted to make sure people know you guys are all volunteer run, and so you are the volunteer president, which is great. Yep. I was doing some digging and trying to do my homework a little bit and I came across this quote on your guys's website driven you guys are driven by the belief that the greatest source of energy is leadership done in the spirit of service. Yes. And I love that um that quote. Share a little bit about what Rapid Response Housing Solutions is and give us the, a little background and all that kind of stuff.
0: Sure. Well, all of our volunteers are motivated by service to others, to the community, which they live in, um, and making sure that everyone in the community is uplifted, is treated with dignity and respect. Mm. And we all share the values of focusing on – Um, What can we do as a community coming together, and I'm going to use the word love, it's Mm -hmm. a strong word, but in love together, uh, to make sure that everyone is thriving and people have opportunities. And so Rapid Response Housing Solution, I'm going to start with our mission, because that's where we focus our energy. And our mission really is to prevent homelessness by empowering people in the face of emergencies with rapid support. Yes, Our organization started actually in 1990, 32 years ago, by Carlsbad residents. And at that time, and I know you were living here at that time, um, Carlsbad was about 60,000 residents. Mm -hmm. It was half the size that it is now. And many agricultural farms were scattered throughout the city, stretching up El Camino Real. And a vast majority of people working in the fields were farm workers or um, working in agriculture. Um, You know, our city plant, the the Birds of Paradise farms we had here. And there was very few options uh, for housing Mm -hmm. uh, for uh, these workers. And many of them slept in tents in the fields that they worked. And so if you drove up El Camino Real in the evening, you would see the campfires uh, in, in the hills there. And one evening, Kathleen Dunwellman, who was a, who was a Carls- Carlsbad resident and attorney, uh, she was also a mom. She was driving with her fourth grade son. And they were looking through the window at these encampments. And he turned to his mom. He said, you know, mom, why do we live in a house and those workers don't? And that was such a profound question for her. And she was very impacted um, by her son's uh, question. And then Fast forward a bit, um, you know, many nonprofits are formed in response to a tragedy. Sure. You think World Central Kitchen or um, uh, Wounded Warriors. And our origin story, sadly, uh, was in response to a, a horrific incident that happened in 1990 in Carlsbad, not far from where we're sitting today, actually. Uh, so on January 3rd, 1990, a 26-year-old farm worker by the name of Candido Salas was standing outside of the country store. And he was waiting for day work. We have a lot of day laborers yeah. here. And he was attacked. He was beaten. He was handcuffed to a fence. Oh. Uh, his arms and legs were bound with duct tape. And he was gagged. And he had a, a bag that was placed over his head's head with the words, no masaki" written across mm. it which literally in Spanish means no more here, Uh, local law enforcement got involved. In fact, the the FBI got involved with this investigation. Um, And it was determined it was a a hate crime. So this small, tight-knit Carlsbad community, which was just shocked by this, came together and Kathleen Wellman really took the lead uh, to bring all these concerned community members together. They reached out to St. Patrick's, um, a lot of the faith organizations here, and they came together to approach the city council And say, we need to do something. We need to respond with love as a community. And they came together in a coalition. And this was organizations and businesses and houses of worship and the Rotary Club. Catholic Charities got involved, uh, local city council. And they did this really, really hard work of putting together a coalition Kathleen formed what was then called Caring Residence of Carlsbad. It was a 5013C. And they built the first homeless uh, homeless, uh, men's shelter in North County, uh, San Diego. And when interviewed, uh, because Kathleen was the Citizen of the Year for her leadership, she said, quote, We have to help alleviate the suffering of the homeless. The federal and state government can help, but the buck stops here. This shelter is a step in the right direction. And that's really what the spirit of our mission is, continues to be. Homelessness has not gone away. I mean, for every 10 people that exit homelessness there's 13 that come in mm. to the system so it's it's a leaky boat
1: yeah
0: and it, it seems intractable it's so complex but all of the organizations the the all of the levels of government and these uh, faith-based organizations that are coming together to address it there is a solution we know that there's a solution the solution to homelessness is for people to have a home mm. and it sounds simple but Doing that, reaching that goal is extremely complex. And so we're just difficult. we just play one little part in that, in in helping uh, to to reach that goal.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that backstory. So then how did you get connected to uh, Rapid Response Housing Solutions?
0: So some people may know, we were listening to this, I ran for city council in 2020 and it was during the shutdown, the pandemic. And so I wasn't able to really get out and Canvas and talk to people. But one of the things that you do when you are running for office or really running for any leadership position is talk to the people that you're going to represent. Right? What are the top-of-mind issues? What are the key kind of keep-me-up-at-night kind of um, thoughts. And so I started talking to many community organizations, especially in the district that I was, but throughout Carlsbad. And I came across this group of people that support the La Bolsa de Guadalupe Men's Shelter and was very inspired by the work that they did and, and this story that has gone back since ni- nineteen ninety. People of goodwill and uh, heart-centered and love-centered people that give up their time, their treasure, their talent to try to solve solutions. And we know that the quality of our life is so determined by what happens on a local level, which is why you know local city council makes a big impact. Because right. those policy decisions have the most immediate impact on our lives. Right. So I met with them and I was very inspired. And they asked me to come up, come on the board uh, in actually 2019, so going into 2020. We looked at the organization. They didn't have an online presence. Mm. There wasn't um, a lot of infrastructure built in in terms of – it was really kind of a, a restart-up. Um, my background is in business. I'm an entrepreneur. I focus on companies that are, that are just starting out and, and growing. So I just brought all my skills and talents together and – developed a website and created a um, a database for all their donors because they were someone Excel spreadsheets and really just created that infrastructure but but my motivation really was to see this grow and to plug in more into the community and and be part of this coalition this wider coalition um, within San Diego County as well and what part could we play what was that part as a volunteer based organization could we do to um, help alleviate the the homelessness crisis.
1: Wow, that's wonderful. We're going to take a quick pause. We are talking with Layla Panaguitis from Rapid Response Housing Solutions. When we come back, we're going to talk about um, their initiatives and what they're doing. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. So Layla, the Rapid Response Housing Solutions started as Caring Residents of Carlsbad, as you mentioned, from Mm -hmm. Kathleen Dunn. And then it went into a transition and it was called Friends of La Posada. And you've mentioned La Posada. And now you recently went into a Mm rebranding of Rapid Response Housing Solutions. So... Mm -hmm. Take us through that journey a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. why did it get changed to Friends of La Posada, and mm-hmm. what is your relationship to them, and then why rebrand again?
0: Right. I want to start off with just talking about our Carlsbad firefighters, because um, <laughs> they they have these four printed words on the side of their official vehicles, and the four words are prevent, respond, prepare, and recover. And we looked at the homelessness crisis and said, what could our group do to focus on alleviating this crisis? And we decided that prevention was the area that we were going to focus. If Mm. we could prevent people um, from being unstabilized in housing in the first place, that would be where we would focus our efforts. And so as we were thinking about what this small group, because we're just a small group, could do, we wanted to say that homelessness as a social problem can only be solved if we ask the question, what is the social change we seek? Hmm. And so with that, it was articulated that we needed to do some research, and there are some really good researchers on our board. We reached out to the Chapin Hall Institute, the University of Chicago, who has done extensive research and policy research on what are those innovative solutions out there that could be used to help people avoid um, being homeless in the first place and then to exit homelessness. And so when we decided to really shift our focus to prevention, it opened up much more opportunity to look at this kind of ecosystem Mm -hmm. and this systematic, all of the moving pieces, both the micro and macro uh, impacts. And where we landed really was on... Using direct cash assistance as a way to stabilize people in housing, because it's a much greater lift to move someone who's already been unsheltered into shelter than to keep them stabilized in the first place. And so we went to Catholic Charities, actually. We talked to their CEO, Vino Pajamore. And there was a lot of confusion because Catholic Charities manages and runs the shelter. They actually operate the shelter.
1: When you say the shelter, you it, mean? The
0: La Posada de Guadalupe Men's Shelter. Right. So there was a lot of confusion because our name was Friends of La Posada. Mm-hmm. So people were coming to us thinking we were you the service provider, yeah. that we were the ones. We were, I was actually getting calls uh, from people who wanted shelter and said, is your shelter open? What are right. the criteria? I mean, so we're not service providers. We're not social workers. We're not case managers. And so there was a lot of brand confusion because Catholic Charities runs that shelter. Right. So really, with the blessing of yeah. Catholic Charities and, and Vino Pajamor and uh, the Catholic Charities team, who encouraged us to really think about if you're going to be transitioning anyway and broadening your scope and mission uh, to change our name. So the, gotcha. the timing came came really uh, well. Then we looked at family shelters because La Posada de Guadalupe is only a men's shelter. Okay. So we wanted to focus on families and children. Now for children especially because of the trauma impacts of, of being unsheltered can have lifelong rep- repercussions. Uh, so we really wanted to intervene and interrupt that uh, for families and children. And these are a lot of single moms um, working poor. Sure. And so we approached Operation Hope North County, which mm-hmm. is a women and family shelter. And we said, what can we do to help? Um, and we also approached Interfaith Community Services, which is a very large organization. And we right. said, we know you're, you're you're very, very large, but we want to help because they're also working in this space. So there's a lot of groups that work in this space. And we said, how can we complement wh- wh- what you're doing? Yeah. How can we support? Um, and so with Operation Hope North County, we established a program called the Stability Fund. And what that is was when they have their their uh, residents who graduate, who who actually leave and are in, our, in, our, in our, Placed in shelter, there can always be that one economic crisis, right? That
1: destabilizes destabilizes
0: them yeah. exactly. So we come in right away. So it could be something as you know the car broke down yep. and they need a you know quick five hundred dollars. Well, to apply for that, it might take four to six weeks to mm-hmm. go through social services uh, to get those applications, and you need the money you now. Need the money now. And yeah. if I can't get to work, I'm not going right. to get paid. And so it's so important. And and if you don't have a strong support system, and all many of us take for granted, you know, because we have support systems, right. or so maybe we have some savings, or we can pull something out of investments. If we have an economic crisis, if you lose a job, and you're the only income provider, what do you do, right? And you still have to make rent, and we know rent is very expensive here. Very expensive. housing is very expensive. So. That The Stability Fund is, is exactly that. It's to keep them stable and in housing. Because once you're stable in housing, then you can work on other issues. The second program is called the Back to Work Program, and that is with Interfaith Community Services. And what we do, again, very small part, but important part, is we help cover the cost of essential job tools for people. And many of those are residents from the La Posada de Guadalupe Men's Shelter who walk down the street, so literally just down the street from the shelter, who go to the Interfaith Community Services Carlson bad service office, and they're looking for jobs. Yeah, What can I do? Well, sometimes to have a job, if you're going to be a forklift driver, you need a certification. Okay, you know The state yeah. of California requires that, sure. and it's a dangerous job. Well, if you're going to shell out $60 and you don't have $60 to get a, per- a permit or a certification, where does that money come from? Mm-hmm. So I kind of see it from the you know, private sector as seed money, yeah. giving people that boost, that uh, ability to get the certification, whether they're going to be working in a kitchen or they're going to be doing uh, a forklift or some other type of, of job that's going to help them get an income so that they have money and they can at least start building their lives and putting their lives back together. So that's the Back to Work program that we did. And we have some wonderful success stories, and I encourage people to go onto our website uh, and read about the success stories that we have of of individuals who um, who we've helped, and then the last program is the Legacy Fund, which is still with La Posada because we were honor, honoring our, our our roots really as, yeah. as being one of the um, one of the founders of, of that shelter, and that is really helping with um, the holiday. Gift bag drive, which we thank uh, the chamber for for helping us with that. You're one of the drop-off locations in Carlsbad for that, uh, and then the upcoming happy hour in November. Yeah. You're going to be at the at the Park Hyatt, and 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 so with the gift bag drive, it is making sure that on Christmas Day, every resident. I'm going to get emotional here, mm-hmm. but every resident wakes up and has something from Santa. It nice. has something yeah. because they're in the shelter and they're not with their families and. They need to feel loved, too. Right. Yeah. And so this is why we say the heart of the community. And and I would encourage everyone to um, follow us on social media, go to our website, because we have information about the holiday uh, gift bag drive. And that's going out to the shelter and asking people, what do you need? Uh, we don't yeah. do that enough. And so when we talk to Operation Hope, for example, the Women and Family Shelter, we asked those residents, what do you need at Christmas? Or what do you, what do you need in general? Um, you know, gift cards, uh, Walmart, Target, Target, gas, grocery stores, socks, hair ties for the kids, Legos, uh, dolls, you know, to- toy cars, <laughs> um, wireless headphones, you know, who doesn't yeah. love a wireless headphone? So these are the things that, that we do. And that's called our legacy fund. And mm. we also obviously uh, accept accept uh, uh, financial donations as well. Um, so those are our three programs, the Stability Fund, the Back to Work Program, and the Legacy Fund. And again, we're just a small part in this, in this coalition, this ecosystem, this community that cares so much about everybody, especially people in crisis. And, and we really are in a crisis situation. So we just do what we, what we, what we can do.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. And it sounds like you're doing a lot. Um, I know you keep referring to yourself as just a small piece, but it's an important piece. How do you raise funds to help you do all those things that you just mentioned? Because obviously giving out you know grants to stabilize people in those situations, that takes having that money or all these things. So h- how do you guys raise
0: money? Yeah, that is the most challenging part. And Again, looking at the ecosystem there, I mean, there are thousands of nonprofits in San Diego, there I forget are. the number, but there are there are so many from yes. you know $500 up to multi-million dollar organizations, and so we're all kind of going after kind of the same pool of money. Um, you know, we don't have big benefactors or philanthropists that are giving us millions of dollars, and so this is probably the most difficult thing for any nonprofit is to get yes. sustained revenue. Yeah. And so we do a couple of things. We're on social media now, or on the major channels, but um, you know, digital marketing is important. Going back to our donors who have supported us in the past, uh, because past donors are a good source, Sure, uh, we're doing a 13 weeks of giving campaign, so we've asked uh, local businesses to donate prizes. We have sun- Sunset Chocolate uh, nice. last week. Uh, so a lot of chamber members have been so generous in giving Wonderful. of their um, time and their resources, and so we do a raffle drawing at any dollar amount you can donate, and we do a raffle drawing every Monday, and you can win a prize. So those kind of in Kind donations mm-hmm. so that we can generate that. Um, in February, we had a Valentine's tea event. We had the mayor uh, come out. We had a council member come out. We had uh, city leaders uh, talking about the homelessness crisis, and we were able to raise money that way. Um, but it's it's not enough. And when we're talking especially about direct cash assistance, I mean, that yeah. money goes quickly, it right? It does, right. Um, so we're kind of thinking about different avenues. Grants are probably the best way. Because there is grant money out there, we don't have a grant writer on staff. Right, we have no one that's done development. In fact, all of the all of the volunteers who are on the board do not have nonprofit experience. Many right. of us come from the private sector, and so it is just a challenge to figure out how to find those resources. Mm-hmm. So, one idea we have um, looking toward the future is bringing on a grant writer or hiring someone, an uh, independent contractor to help us go after grants. Right. Um, this is a new model, this to kind of direct cash assistance. Um, and, and it really is about that prevention piece of being at the forefront and preventing people from tipping into Living in their car, right. for example, because then the car lends us on the street. So it really requires cash outlay at the front. So I think our biggest struggle right now and challenge is fundraising, and uh, we're hoping that you know going into next year as you know the new funding cycles start, we can get in front of not just the Carlsbad City Council, but other local city councils sure um, to get some grants because most grants are reapproved and then you have at least a, stream. a certain stream yeah. of revenue coming in. Yes.
1: Oh well, that's great and that's that makes sense. Um, and you mentioned this earlier, you mentioned it kind of tangentially, but, um, on your website, one of your values is that you guys adopt data-driven solutions. Talk to us about that a little bit.
0: Yeah. Well, as I mentioned, we have some researchers on our board. It's important to make decisions based on data, especially when you're running an organization, um, whether it be nonprofit or for profit. Uh, so certainly we all make Emotional decisions—that's um, that's key. I do believe in this connection of heart, head, and intuition. But when you're looking at policy, which is about what is the guideline, how do we look ahead, especially these very intractable, it seems complex problems, um, which are not technical problems—they're just adaptive problems. We need to focus on what does the data say and what are best practices out there. So we're not reinventing the wheel, that we're not trying to create something that maybe others have done, not just in the United States, but maybe somewhere around the world. And so really casting that net wide of looking at what do we know has worked? And so, one of the programs out of the Chapman Hall Institute, University of Chicago, is to address homelessness amongst amongst youth in New York City. Mm. So they have this program we've kind of based our model on. And when you see efficacy, when you see results, when you see people who are at the the, the most crisis, you know, point of crisis in their life, and they are struggling and they're in trauma. How can we create then these policies that we know work and have outcomes that um, not only that person wants, but the communities are really focused on, which is to get them housed, right? Um, So the data we use are the research. I know the San Diego uh, task force, the regional um, task force for homelessness is using a lot of data as well and, and looking at what are the best practices? In fact, coming up, the end of November um, is the uh, regional task force on homelessness, in San Diego is having a conference. Oh, great! Um, and they're going to be focusing on uh, solutions. You know, the, the, what sure. are the solutions that we um, have looked at it in San Diego that worked in other cities? Uh, because the crisis is is so acute. If we don't look at what other communities are doing, right. then we're just gonna be stuck in this vicious yeah. cycle, right?
1: In the churn. Yeah. Um, well, that's great. I, You've mentioned um, that you guys have updated your website, but I don't think we've shared with everybody what your website is. What's the URL for your website?
0: So it's a long name, uh, rapidresponsehousingsolutions.org. And it's all spelled out, one word, rapidresponsehousingsolutions.org. You can go there. You can follow us on Instagram, also at uh, mm-hmm. Rapid yep. Response. But you have to type it all out. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a long more.
1: Rapid Response Housing Solutions. Housing Solutions, solutions and Facebook
0: and LinkedIn as well.
1: Wonderful. And I, I would assume those would be great places for people to get more information or if they wanted to donate or uh, you know support you guys in any other way, that would be a great place to start.
0: Yeah. And come out to the happy hour as that's well right. on right. November
1: 16th. That's right. We'll be at the Park Hyatt. And, uh, yeah, we have the- for the happy hour, and uh, bring a, a gift card, like Layla mm-hmm. mentioned, and you get in for free.
0: That's right. We yeah. have we have a lot of needs. Um, you know, the holidays are right around the corner, and so we're starting to do our collection November first through December fifteenth, uh, and then we'll we'll drop them off at the shelters so that everyone has something to open on Christmas Day.
1: Yeah, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come down and share about this amazing work. And we really appreciate all that you guys do in the community. And again, I think your little part is a very key, important part. So thank you for that.
0: Thanks. And thanks for being a part of our community as well.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for joining us on our Carlsbad People, Purpose, and Impact podcast today. If you enjoyed it, please hit the follow button on wherever you get your audio. And please tell a friend. We would love to hear your feedback, which you can share at carlsbadpodcast.com. You can leave us a review, ask a question, or leave an audio comment, which we can play on the show in the future. And that's all we have for today. Can't wait to see you next time on Carlsbad People, Purpose, and Impact. And remember, share some kindness today. It's free, creates goodwill, and makes you feel great.